It's a joy to be here. I count it an honor. Leonard Ravenhill said, I've met some great men. I've also met some men who thought they were great. (laughs) And I've met some men who wanted to be great. But then he said, I've met some men that does not give a rip about whether you think you're more spiritual, more educated, and more usable. I'm grateful that I can say with the Apostle Paul, I am what I am by the grace Amen. of God. Amen, preacher. I, uh, I discovered America December 18, 1941. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was uh, not raised in a Christian home. My, my dad, uh, as far as I know, lived and died without God. When I got saved on June 14, 1960, I tried to reach my family. And by the way, I think if you get saved, you'll want your family saved. Amen. And so in talking with my dad about his need of the Lord, he said to me, if it's left up to you to tell me, I'll just die and go to hell. I'm not proud to even say that. But what I'm trying to say, I was not raised up in a Christian home. And that refutes this idea that a person said, well, I'm what I am because of my raising. You are what you are because you want to be. Amen. You are. And uh, Amen. I, I believe my mom was saved. She died at 53 after suffering with cancer for 22 years. I have four brothers and, and uh, had two sisters. And all of my family professed to be saved. But I am convinced of this, that salvation is more than just a profession. There's a, uh, if you get saved, S-A-V-E-D, it will show up in your life. Amen. Uh, there's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. And Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He said in 1 Corinthians 15, he said, more I declare unto you the gospel, how that Christ died according to the scriptures. He was buried and the third day arose according to the scriptures. He, he lived, he died, he's buried, he arose again and ascended back to heaven. Amen. Here's what the Bible said. Paul said uh, in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 1, he said, uh, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And then the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto him. I will say to you, you never get saved until you get lost. Amen. And I'm I'm one of those preachers that believe this. I don't believe you get saved any time you want to. But I don't believe you ever get saved until you want to. You said, well, that's double talk. I say to you, uh, it is the Spirit of God that does the wooing and does the drawing and brings a man to the place he realizes, I'm lost, I'm without hope, I'm helpless. 
That's what happened. I met a little girl on the school bus in 1958, and uh, she was raised in a good Christian home. And uh, so I invited her to go to church. I, and what little church I went to was a, a Methodist church, and uh, I'm not against Methodists. I, I believe Methodists get saved the same way Baptists do, amen. But uh, I joined the church when I was 12 years old, went through their uh, sprinkler system, <laughs> went through their catechism classes, lost as a ball on highways. And so I invited my wife, not my wife, I invited my girlfriend to go with me. She went one time and she said, uh, well, why don't you go with me to church? And I, it didn't matter to me. I, I just wanted to be with her. And so uh, we've been riding that same bus for almost 61 years. Amen. I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for a good wife. But I, I went to see her June 14, 1960. She was working at a youth camp. And on a Friday night, the man of God, I don't know his name. I, he got up and he preached. I know what he preached. He preached on the second coming of Christ. And he proposed two questions. He said, one if you were to die tonight, do you know you'd go to heaven? And I didn't know that. And he said, if the Lord were to come tonight, are you ready to meet him? And I knew I wasn't ready to meet him. I had a fear. I had a fear of dying and going to hell. Yes, and so I'm sitting back there minding my own business. And the Holy Ghost came to where I was and said... Whosoever will may come. And I said, I believe I will. I left my seat. I came to an altar. And when I knelt, the blood fell. And can I say to you, I've been born again ever since. So Paul said, uh, he said this uh, in 1 Timothy 1 and 15. He said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. <laughs> it's a great confession. He's not beating around the bush. He said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. No one gets saved until they realize they are lost. And can I say to you, preacher friend, you can't, you can't produce that, but the Holy Ghost can. The Holy Ghost can bring you to the realization. I, I, I preached and watched... Uh, uh, preachers' wives get saved. I've, I've, I've preached and watched deacons get saved. And I want to say to you, they get saved the same way the preacher gets saved. I'm not one of those who prey upon weak Christians. I believe it is possible for a person to be saved and to be away from the Lord. And could I say this? If you got born again, if you went to Calvary and trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, you are saved Amen. forever. You're not right. saved until you sin again. You're not, mm, mm. by the way, there's two, I, I'm going to get to the text in a minute. I'm saying, I plan to preach out of the book of Ruth, but I, I, I'm, I'm saying, he's saying uh, it's a matter of recognizing that we are lost. And if you're saved, you're either in God's will or out of God's Amen. will. If you're saved, you're either spiritual or carnal. Amen, preacher. If you're lost, you're just breathing. You're not living. Amen. You never stop. I just began to live when I got born again by the grace of God. So he said a great confession. And then he said uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, he, he gives a, a great confidence. He said, uh, he said, uh, 
for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I'm not climbing up the rough side of the mountain. I, I'm not struggling to be saved. I'm saved by the grace of God. I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb. I'm a part of the family of God. Jesus is my Savior. God is my Father. Great confidence. You know what he said? Uh, he, he said, I have great confidence, for I know whom I have believed. Now, he, he said in Philippians 1 verse 6, he said, he said being confident in this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it in the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. He said this, he said, I, I'm confident, I'm confident in the fact of his aim for my life. Yes. But before that he said, I'm confident in his activity. He's, he's doing something in me. Amen. That's right. Well, that's the Bible. Amen. Philippians 2 verse 12. He said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Here's what happens. God, the Holy Ghost, starts a flame. Starts a match. Starts a flame. And God, the Spirit, fans a flame. Amen. In the book of, in the book of Psalm 37 and verse number 4, the Bible said, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine Amen. heart. Amen. Yeah. It's God who puts the desire, the hunger in your heart, and it's God who satisfies that. Amen. Amen. And so he said, I am confident in his activity. He's doing something in my life. He said, I'm confident in his aim. His aim is to conform me to the image of his dear son. Amen. He said, I, I'm confident in his ability. When he starts, he'll finish. Amen. And so Paul gave a great confession. He expresses great confidence. Then comes to chapter 4 and verse number 6. And Paul said, I, I'm looking for a great conclusion. He said, I fought a good fight. Yes, I've kept the faith. Amen. Finished my course. Kept the faith. Great conclusion. It's not so much how you start. It's how you finish. Amen. 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 Well, I want to preach this morning on homecoming. And so if y'all, if y'all will help me. Now, we don't want to be here to, I know what you're thinking about. You're thinking about chicken legs, potato salad, and uh, banana pudding. And so it puts me in a handicapped place, but I'm, uh, I, I'm going to try to be through when I get through. Preach on, brother. In the book of Ruth, please, Ruth chapter number one. I'm preaching on the, the Old Testament prodigal daughter. And I'm, I'm particularly preaching on the homecoming of Naomi. If you'd like to stand, please, if, uh, in honor of God's word. And we, we do make no apology in saying we believe the King James Bible Amen. is the word of God. And uh, that's what we preach from. That's what we read. That's what we teach. By the way... Let me put it on pause a minute and say this also. My dad, at his death, had assets of approximately $2 million. 
and my dad cut me out of the wheel. Two of my brothers got all the inheritance. But it was ironic. My brothers came to me when my dad died and said, uh, we want you to do the funeral. I knew my dad didn't want me to do the funeral. And I told him, I said, I, I, I won't do it unless if every one of my family agrees. And so they did. They said, my older sister said, well, we don't want him to preach our daddy in hell. And I said, I, I, said, I can't preach anybody to hell. He, he's already preached this message. That's right. And so I preached. You know what I preached? I preached out of Job, where the Bible said, if man will die, shall he live again. One of, my, one of my younger brother's wife was under conviction that day. And Brother Gosway, down yonder at the cemetery, I sat down on the steps and pointed her to the Lamb of God. Amen. And she got born again by the Amen. grace of our God. I only have one daughter. Her name is Pam. And she has two children. And my grandson is in a Bible institute in the state of New York. And I got word yesterday that he won, he's 19, that he won somebody to the Lord over in Albany, New York yesterday. Amen, Amen. Amen brother. Praise him. I better preach. <laughs> Bless him, God. Ruth chapter 1. Here's what the Bible said. Y'all in the Bible now? Yes, sir, brother. Okay. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech and the name of his wife Naomi and the name of the two sons Malon and Kilion. Ephrathites of Bethlehem Judah and they came into the country of Moab and continued there and Elimelech Naomi's husband died and she was left of her two sons and they took them wives of the of the women of Moab the name of the one was Orpah and the name of the other Ruth and they dwelt there about Ten years. And Malon and Kilion died also, both of them, and the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters in law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people. In giving them bread. Now I could read the whole chapter. And I'll be referring to that. But I'll stop my reading just there. I'm preaching on the homecoming. Of Naomi. Would you bow with us for prayer. Lord Jesus. Thank you for the good Sunday school. Or the, the first service Lord. Thank you for the great testimony. By brother Gazaway. Thank you for his burden. For the work in India. And I pray heavenly father. That you might work these things out and that he soon might be in that desired place of ministry that you placed upon his heart. Bless his family. I pray for his little daughter that you might touch her and give her healing and health. 
And then I, I pray, thank you for Brother Britton and for his family and their good singing today. And thank you for the, for the exhortation of seeking higher ground. Help us, Lord, to draw near to thee. May, may this time be profitable time. Bless, we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen and amen. amen. Now, I, I, I want us to notice this. And let me make an introductory statement and say this. No matter how far away we have been away from the Lord, there is an open door to come home, Amen. to come back home to the Lord and to the place of blessing. The songwriter penned the words, though, uh, though we have sinned, he has mercy and Pardon. I, I, I'm thankful for 1 John chapter number 1 and verse number 9. The Bible said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, can I say, 1 John 1 9 is not a spiritual rabbit foot. 1 John is a wonderful, wonderful promise to the child of God. But there's some things 1 John will not do. 1 John 1, 9 will not restore purity that's been given away in an in a act of lust. Amen. 1 John 1, 9 will not regather words that's been spoken unadvisedly. Amen. 1 John 1, 9 will not remove the scars of sin. Amen. That remain a lifetime. My brother, my older brother and I were hunting one night. And uh, longer story short, uh, his gun discharged and, and shot me through the side of the leg, just above the knee. It didn't hit the bone. No major artery just went in and came out. It healed up. But there's a scar there today that reminds me of where I was yes, sir. and what I did. Yes, sir, and could I tell you, God forgives sin, yes, sir, preacher. but the consequences of sin Amen. will last a lifetime. Amen. How important it is for us to realize that we're either in fellowship with the Lord or out of fellowship with the Lord. Amen. And you can't stay out of church and be in fellowship with God. Amen. You can't, you can't rob God and be in fellowship with God. Amen. You can't be a gossiper and be in fellowship with God. Amen. Amen. You can keep your head up. I'll tell you when we're going to pray. <laughs> I, 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 I'm saying this. Uh, uh, Ruth uh, is a bright preacher of the grace of God. I find her... She's expecting grace, she experienced grace, and she's expressing grace, all in the book of Ruth. And so it's a bright picture of the grace of God. But uh, Naomi is that prodigal daughter in the Old Testament, uh, in the history of the Jewish family. We, we, uh, we, we see here is the prodigal daughter, uh, contrasted with the prodigal son in Luke 15, uh, that they both went into a far country, she, he went into the far country. She went into Moab, which is a type of the world. And then they began to be in want. Yeah. 
the prodigal son was in want. He's hungry. He did eat of the husk that the, wine, the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Now, I, it, it, it is this. It begins with a husband. It begins with a, a, their, their departure. Where did they depart? They left Bethlehem, Judah. Yeah. Why'd they leave? The Bible said there was a famine in the land. But I want to remind you that God said, and Naomi testified, she said, I went out full. Yes, sir, brother. And the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Now, there was a famine in the land, but they had bread. And so they stepped out of the will of God for their life. Elimelech, Naomi, and their two boys. Look up here with both eyes. If Naomi and Elimelech would have known the outcome, I don't think they'd have ever left Bethlehem, Judah. Amen. But there's a lot of people that's left Bethlehem, right. Judah. That's right. They're in the world. They're in their Moab. And so they left they, they, their departure... And, and we see after they left, we quickly see the, the mention of their heartache and then the deaths in the family. There's three grave markers on the hillside of Moab that says this. It does not pay to get out of the will of God. Amen, brother. Are you listening? I'm going somewhere if y'all will help me Return, now. I, I, he, 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 uh, this chapter reveals the homecoming and the distress that Naomi had felt in her heart. I want to say first of all in verse 1 through 5, uh, there was a departure in Naomi's experience. Now could I say to you, uh, Flip Wilson made popular years ago the statement, the devil made me do it. And could I tell you, it's not the devil making you do it. It's you doing it because you want to do it. Amen. Amen. Y'all all right? Amen. I, I, I'm saying this a matter of there's choices that you make that will have an effect for a lifetime. Yes, sir. That's right. Yes, sir. If you marry out of the will of God... If you marry, and by the way, it's not just marriage, it's business dealings. Amen. Out of the will of God. The will of God is important for your life. After conversion, the most important thing is the will of God. Lord, what will thou have me to do? What do you want me to do? And God has an answer for that. Amen. But now, Elimelech and Naomi and the boys left Bethlehem, Judah, and they went down... And the Bible said they went to soldier. Uh, they didn't go down to stay. And so that's, that covers a little cliche. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Keep you longer than you want to stay. And cost you a whole lot more than you want to pay. They left Bethlehem, Judah. And uh, there's an interesting verse. It's a good verse for missions, brother. He, he said in that Ruth chapter 1, uh, I want you to see with me, and I wish I had time to deal with all of it, but uh, the, the Bible said uh, in verse 6, 
And then she arose, speaking Naomi, with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. I want to get back away from Moab. Here's why she did that. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people and given them bread. Somebody has been testifying. They said, boy, you should have been here last night when God moved and the Holy Ghost began to stir and she heard something in Moab. That's what missions is about. Hearing something in Moab. And so uh, the places in this movement they departed from the father's care. Verse 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Now, God, they departed from the father's care. Can I tell you, the will of God is like an umbrella. As long as you're under that umbrella, you are protected. But when you step out of it, you are on your own Amen. and you'll reap the consequences. Amen. And so I find them, uh, they, they departed from the Father's care. They, they, they departed from the place of, uh, uh, of bread, Bethlehem Judah, the house of bread. And, uh, and then they, they departed from the place of praise. Judah means uh, praise. And so they departed uh, for the far country in verse number one and two. Moab was not as far from Israel as Egypt, uh, still, but it's still outside the area of God's blessing. Someone has suggested that it's between 70 and 75 miles. Ralph Waldo Emerson used to say that change in geography will never overcome a flaw in character. Y'all all right? Amen. And, and so there's a progression in the movement. There was, they were straying, they went to sojourn. There was a staying, they continued there for 10 years. They dwelt there uh, 10 years. They sat down there, they settled down there. Their sons took wives. That was out of the will of God. And, uh, and so no one intends to stay in Moab, but they tried to justify the leaving by their intentions of not staying. But I'm telling you, when they left Bethlehem, Judah, they left the will of God. Amen. They left his protection. They left his provision. And then notice with me the, the motivation that was involved in that departure. The things that uh, prompted them to leave. It seems to have been the deficiency of food in verse 1. It seems to be the dissatisfaction of the family in verse 2. The wandering was uh, wholly unnecessary. Uh, she went out house. She went out full. And she came back empty. It is a wandering that makes a person empty. I wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. The paths of sin too long I've trod. Lord, I'm coming home. But we don't hear the song much and we don't see any many, many people that are coming home. You know why? Because, listen, they're not willing to acknowledge their need and they're not willing to deal with it. 
Notice when we get, I'm going somewhere. I want you to see with me the mistake involved in their departure. Moab was born out of the incestuous relationship of Lot and his daughter. And the warning about Moab should have revealed that going there was a mistake. And, and, and by the way, you know if, if God lives in you, you know when you step out of the umbrella of protection. Because he, the Holy Ghost, he, the Holy Ghost, does what? He guides us into all truth. He speaks truth to us. The Holy Ghost, I've read this Bible through many times. I've never read anywhere where it said the Holy Ghost shouted. But most of the time, the greatest movement of God is that still, small voice, that deep move of God in our heart. Now, you might feel like that he shouted. And it might, it might appear to you that he's, man, he's just blaring. But the Holy Spirit, according to, if I've read the Bible right, I've never read a place where the Holy Spirit shouted. Don't, don't freeze up on me now. Preach on, brother. I, I'm, I'm for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is not guilty of a lot of things he's accused of. Amen. And so I, I, see, I see this. The, the weeping in Moab surely have revealed that they, they're, going, they're going there was a mistake. And then there was, there was some decisions in Naomi's experience. Now, she's, she's heard what? She's heard down in Moab. That's after Elimelech died. That's after Malon died. That's after Kilion died. She heard something. She heard something from Bethlehem, Judah. She heard that God had blessed his people and given them bread. And I say to you, praise the Lamb of God, I'm glad that he's still giving bread. And so I I see the fact that there are some decisions in Naomi's experience. uh, uh, And so this is a tale of three widows in the book of Ruth. Uh, uh, Someone said that here was a grieving widow. In verse 13, there's the, the leaving widow in verse 15. There is the cleaving widow in verse number 14. Now, notice that there's a decision. Naomi made a decision. Now, they made a decision when they left Bethlehem, Judah. But she made a decision to come back. Amen. She might, and by the way, you just don't automatically become spiritual. Amen. No, no, no. It's a matter of obedience to the Lord. Yes, the spirit of the living God. She heard that God bless his people down in Bethlehem, Judah. And she's made a decision. And by the way, I know Billy Graham made popular the statement years and years ago, making a decision. And I know a lot of us fundamental Baptists have criticized that. But I want to say to you this. No one gets saved without making a decision. And no one gets back in fellowship with God without making a decision. There is an acknowledgement of my need and a plea for mercy. And we ought to be messengers of of mercy. We're not agents of change. We're messengers of mercy. And and so I, I see this. She's uh, she's uh, 
prompted by, there's a decision to return. She's prompted by her desire of appetite and she, and she came to herself. She had heard something. They got to hear. They've got to hear. That's why, that's why as a man of God stands and preaches the word of God, the Holy Ghost takes the word of God and makes makes application to the heart of man and as we respond we can do one of two things we either can accept it or reject it and that's your decision and that's a matter of being saved you either trust Christ or you go to hell Amen. that's kind of blunt but it needs to be blunt it, it, it comes back to this in Ruth chapter 1 verse 6 she came to herself there was a longing for home a desire for Bethlehem Judah there's a longing uh, of hunger, a desire for bread. She's like the prodigal son. When he came to himself, how many hired servants of my father that have bread enough and despair, and I perish with hunger. You know when he when he came to himself, when he thought about the leftovers. Right. Y'all still in the building? Amen. Notice when we get here's a decision. There was one a decision to. Uh, Oprah was a, a decision to refuse. She's not going with Naomi and Ruth. She's going back to her gods. It's prompted by discouragement. And, and so she felt that she was no longer fruitful. Uh, that's Naomi in her old age. She felt that she was no longer favored. It, it, she said, it grieveth me so much for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And so I see the decision of Ruth, Ruth is, Ruth is prompted by a decision also. She's uh, the decision of the dedication of her affection. There's a difference in the, in the cleaving of Ruth in Ruth chapter 1 verse 14 and 15 and the, the devotion in the, command, uh, in the commands of Ruth. She said, I, she said, thy God shall be my God, thy people my people, where thy dwellest I'll dwell. And so she's made a decision. And so Ruth... Uh, whose name means friend, it says there was a destination in Naomi's experience. Verse 19 through 22. She returned to the place where love is revealed. Hallelujah. She returned to the place where love is revealed. She remembered back in Bethlehem, Judah, someone said God is blessing his people. And giving them bread. There's a want to to get back to God. And so she returned to the place where love is revealed. And uh, human love is, is evident in the recognition of Ruth chapter 1 verse 19. And there's heavenly love that's evident. Uh, and there was restoration. Luke, I mean, Ruth 1 21. The Lord brought her home. And the... And by the way, that's grace and mercy as he brought her home. And so the, imp- the emptiness in Naomi's life cannot be blamed on God. The emptiness in our life is a personal responsibility. It all started with one decision. When they decided to leave Bethlehem, Judah, go to Moab to sojourn. And so she returned, she returned to the place where love was revealed, but she returned to the place where loss is realized. In chapter 1, verse 21, 22, 
She felt that she had lost her testimony. She felt that she had lost her treasures. But she returned to the place where lessons are remembered. Verse 21 22. Let me give you the summation of it and I'll pull it to you in just a short period of time. The developments in Ruth's, uh, in Naomi's life, notice it in chapter 2, and let's look at verse 2. Chapter 2 and 2, the Bible said in verse 2, And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I might find grace. And she said unto her, go my daughter. Naomi said, go. Now notice verse 16, same chapter. The Bible said in verse number 16, uh, uh, he said, and let fall some of the handfuls of purpose for her and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. This is Naomi speaking to the servants in behalf of Ruth. And so God restores provision. Number two, God restores position. Notice verse chapter three. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, my daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? Notice verse 16, same chapter. And, and the Bible said, and when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. And she said, these six measures of barley gave he me, for he said to me, go not empty into thy mother-in-law. And I could read on through verse 18, but God restores not only the provisions, but God restores position. In chapter four, in chapter four, notice with me verse 14, the Bible said, and the women said unto Naomi, blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And so God restores Naomi to a place of prominence. And then I see in chapter 4 and verse number 17, and the women, uh, her neighbors gave, uh, and uh, the women, her, her neighbors gave it a, a name saying, there is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse the father of David. And so there's restoration of productivity. And in chapter four, uh, verse 17, he restores praise. In chapter four, verse 17, again, he restores pros prospects. The prodigal son and Naomi both came to the end of themselves. They both needed help. And they both were restored. And so we, we sing the song sometimes, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. 
calling to you and calling to me. And so the wandering saints appear that they want come home as Naomi did. I want to say to you, if you're saved, it ought to show. It's easy to get out of fellowship. Where Psalm 175 said, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses from all sin. I wonder if you've been uh, like Lot, pitching your tent towards Sodom. He looked that way. He left and went that way. And he lived that way. Out of the will of God. God loves you. And he loves you as much as he loves anybody else. And when we become a part of God's family... We're no longer our own. Amen. We've been bought with a price. Amen. Naomi said, he said, I, I went out full. And he brought me home again empty. But when, when you get to that place when you're willing to come, when you're willing to swallow your pride. But you know, in preaching to people through the years, I've been doing it about 55 years. I find that people... I find that people say, well, I'll preach, I'm all right. I, I'm, not, I'm not that bad. If you're not in God's will, today's a day to get in God's will. Today's a day to leave Moab, to leave the hog pen, and come to the Father's house. There's provisions there for you. There's forgiveness. If you'll let him have his way in your life. Would you bow with us for prayer? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I wonder this morning, how many could say, Preacher, I know that if I were to die this morning, I know, and I, by the way, I know some folks this morning that's on the very brink of eternity. If you were to die this morning in this place, are you sure that you'd go to heaven? Could I see your hand? If you say, I, I, I'm for sure of that. I'm, I'm sure of that. I'm sure of that. Thank you. Take your hands down. I want out of all those hands that was raised, if, if you might need to acknowledge that you've been somewhat like Naomi, Elimelech, and those two boys that left Bethlehem, Judah, and you've been living out in Moab. And you said, Preacher, God spoke in my heart. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to point anybody out. Would like to pray for you. As a believer, you said, I'm saved, preacher, but I'm not where I need to be. God spoke to my heart. Can I see your hand? Anybody? You see, there's a, come, there, there, there's a determining fact. If I'm not willing to acknowledge it, I can't have it taken care of. Anybody at all? Somebody in the building today said, preacher, the truth is, I'm not saved. If I died, I don't know I'd go to heaven. But I sure am interested. Would you remember to pray for me? I will. If you'll let me. It's about nice clothes that anybody in the building said, Preacher, would you pray for me? I'm not saved. I'm not ready to meet God. Anybody? Anywhere? 
Lord Jesus, would you finish the message? Bless our pastor as he comes to give the invitation. We pray, our Father, that you draw us near to thee. And may our walk be pleasing to thee. And may our lives count for thee. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen with the pastor.